Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Book 8 of St. Augustine's Confessions contains a very vivid description of one of the phenomena in moral theory that we come to call acrasia or weakness or inconstancy of will, where a person knows what the right thing to do is, but finds themselves, even though they want to do the right thing, even though they are drawn to doing the wrong thing, in part because they are also drawn, they have desires for the wrong thing. So the question is, how does this actually occur? Is this something easily explicable? Is this something we can wrap our heads around? Or is this, as Augustine suggests, something monstrous? And the reason he talks about it being monstrous in in this case is he is in a garden. He has been undergoing this long, long process of trying to change who he is, to enter into a full relationship with God, and to leave behind the excesses of his past, the intemperance, all of the problems that he's been going through. He's the guy who's famous for having said, Lord, give me chastity or continence, but not yet. This is the reason why, because he's finding himself still drawn to the things of the flesh. And actually, for Augustine, it's not just, you know, food or wine or things like that. It's actually sexual desire. So Augustine knows what he ought to be desiring, and he wishes that he did, in fact, desire it more because he does, in fact, desire it, namely to change his life, to become a Christian, to embrace God. And at the same time, he still finds himself drawn by these worldly, earthly, carnal pleasures. So he talks about feeling as if he's being torn in two. And this is something I think many of us can relate to about many different things. Now, Augustine is going to walk through this, this incident, and explore what was going on in terms of some mistaken ways of looking at this. He's contrasting it specifically against this sect that he used to belong to, the Manichaeans. But their doctrine could be taken as sort of emblematic. You can get rid of the the religious imagery of it. It could be emblematic of a lot of other ways of looking at this. And then he proposes his own way of making sense of this. So what is the mistaken point of view? He says the Manichaeans would account for this sort of thing by saying, well, you actually have two different wills. You have a good will inside you and you have a bad will. And they kind of fight with each other. They compete. One is drawn to good things. One is drawn to bad things. And Augustine says, well, there's some problems with that. One of the big problems is going to be that the will is actually something unified. That's why it has the capacity for self-determination that it has. That's something that's intrinsic to the will. But let's put that aside for a moment. He says there's another problem with this. Not every case where I'm torn between two alternatives and I find myself unable to to definitively endorse or choose or pursue one of them without also being drawn towards the other one. And sometimes I can find myself in a sort of state of suspense. Not every case is so simple as having a good will versus a bad will. There could be cases where I have two different 
impulses, one drawing me to kill this guy over here for no reason whatsoever, or just because you know, I want something that he's got, and the other over here wanting me to not kill that guy over there so that I can go seduce this woman over here, which is also a bad act, or steal something, or lie to somebody, or, or pick whatever you want, you know, spray graffiti on somebody's wall to face their property. So I'm being torn in two different directions, but by two different bad impulses. We could have a similar case with goodwill. I would love to contribute to this charity over here, but I also need to use the money for the operation for my ailing mother over here, right? Oh, they're both such good things and I'm being torn. Or I really want to spend my time over there learning about wonderful things, but I also need to spend time over here doing good works. Well, see... It's not going to be so simple as we just have a good will and a bad will in those sorts of cases. How are you going to make sense of that? Augustine complicates it even further, saying, we don't always just have two different things that we're torn towards or drawn by. We could have three or four or five, who knows? So this Manichaean moral psychology of saying, well, you just have a good will and a bad will. Or, you know, some people, you have a good wolf inside you and a bad wolf inside you. Which, which gets stronger? It depends on which one you feed. Well, what decides what's getting fed? This is one of the big problems. This sort of viewpoint is really not going to be adequate. In part because we just saw it can't adequately take account of the difference between a range of good objects or a range of bad objects. It also can't address the fact that how many different impulses could there be, basic impulses. But it also lacks the unity of the will that's required in order to make sense out of something like the capacity for self-determination and therefore moral responsibility. So Augustine says, no, it's actually more like this. The person has one will, and you can't actually choose what to will for your will. That's also willing. The will is reflexive. It can work on itself. And the will finds itself torn by two different desirable, at least for, for that will, two different things. One, the good thing, in this case God, which reason and knowledge and eternal law tells Augustine you ought to be pursuing this. This is where you ought to be committing your life. Notice that's not just about a single decision. It's about a course of action. To, to persevere in. But at the same time, as he says, custom and habit, you know, even the personified pleasures of the, the flesh say, you really want to leave us behind? Think about how much enjoyment you get from us. You're, you're going to be passing us up forever. And so because he doesn't decide all the way, he's not able to persevere in just going after the higher good, the thing that's actually a good thing. By the way, carnal pleasures are not in themselves a bad thing for, for Augustine. It's a bad thing in this, this particular respect, weighed off against a good thing, because he should be pursuing the higher good. In any case, he says, I'm not actually pursuing this. And, you know, I've, I've got this divided line drawn here. This is where the self-determining faculty of the will comes in. The more that we give in to this stuff, the more that we sort of divide the will up against itself and give precedence to what's going after the lower good. The more that we 
exercise some sort of discipline or seek out the resources that are needed in order for us to break bad habits, to get away from old customs, to disengage the power of old memories and all the fun stuff that went with them. The more we can make our will something that is going to go this way, go for the higher thing. The goal, of course, is to ultimately have one integrated will. But that's often not completely possible within the lives that we're living, Augustine would say. So sometimes we actually have to be, you know, just trying to keep this part in check. And we do have that capacity to a certain extent. Notice that what we have done with the will in the past plays a role for Augustine in how much capacity we actually do have to modify what we're directing our will towards. But this is a very common experience of lack of self-control, of what's often translated as incontinence or inconstancy of will of not willing something all the way through. You start a diet, which you know is going to be good for you, but you remember how good things taste, and you make it halfway through the day dieting, and then the other part of your will says, man, I I really like those cookies. Can't I just have a, a cookie? And you tell yourself, well, if I have one cookie, I'm probably not just going to have one cookie. I better not do that. But at a certain point... Because you don't choose to persevere, you do choose to have the cookie, and then to have the other cookie, and the next cookie, and then pretty soon, you know, the whole box of cookies. We could come up with a lot of different examples of this. This doesn't just concern cookies and particular incidents. This concerns how a person chooses, not only in individual situations, but over the course of their life. Where are you actually going with the kind of person that you want to be, with the sort of relationships that you want to have, with what it is that you actually want to place at the apex of what's valuable to you and what it is that you're saying, well, I might have to forego those things or sacrifice those other good things for this entire good. All of that is what's going on in this discussion. And by the way, Augustine understands how tough this can be. He's able to make sense of this, and yet... At the same time, he's not able to overcome it entirely. It takes divine aid, actually, on his part, in his case, to see him all the way through. He breaks down in tears. His companion is sitting next to him and sees him all shaken up. And it's only because of some sort of help from the higher good that Augustine himself is able to get himself through this. So he's very conscious of just how hard changing the vectors, the direction of of the established will can actually be and how difficult it can be to bring ourselves to have a really integrated will that's not bifurcated, that's not split. But what we can draw from this is we don't want to use the kind of faculty uh, notion that the Manichaeans were having where we just have, we have good parts and bad parts and it's just a matter of which one's going to win. Because which one's going to win is partly up to us. And that's because the good parts and bad parts are actually mixed together in the will. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, 
keep studying these great philosophical works.